Hey, it's Andrew Wilkow. Here's my opening monologue from today's Wilkow Majority on Sirius XM Patriot. I am not one of these people that's excited that Biden is hitting an air fingers, quote, pause on this disinformation governance board. People are jumping up and down. Nina Jankowicz resigned. She's not joining this board or heading up this board. Do you really think this is going away or do you think it's going to come back as a in a worse iteration with somebody even more nefarious and anti-free speech than Nina Jankowicz? I think it's the latter. This isn't going away. They're just going to find a new way to do it. There are now leaked memos. Axios is reporting. There are leaked memos that Homeland Security is bracing for a mass wave of violence. A mass wave of violence, not from Trump supporters, not from Republicans, not from the so-called Proud Boys, but the pro-life movement. Should the uh, Supreme Court overturn Roe v. Wade? So we are probably expecting a mostly peaceful summer and a media that will be so disingenuous a Democrat party that will be so disingenuous. Now their strategy looks like, well, we'll just call Republicans racist. Yawn. When did you stop doing that? When did you stop doing that? And now they've got this great replacement theory thing. Oh, they're great. It's great replacement, replacement, replacement. You can't find a single conservative that is talking about this theory in the terms that Ron Klain is. This is all coming from Ron Klain. There are more Hispanic voters moving to the Republican Party than ever. There are more Asian voters moving to the Republican Party than ever. The Hill actually has a piece drawing the line at only a third. If one third of the Hispanic vote moves to the Republican Party, they're saying that's doomsday for Democrats. And there are a lot of black voters that aren't far behind. And you know where you see this activity? It's in the suburbs. People that can get out of the cities, that have grown sick and tired of the crime, with the high taxes, and the lousy schools. This is the thing about taxes. I will say this. If you are paying high taxes, and you are getting good services, and you're getting a quality of life, that you think is of value, then you might grumble and you might gripe and you might tell your accountant for for, for all the deductions, but really you feel like you're getting what you pay for. And when we look at redistribution, there's a difference between some people paying more and some people paying less and outright redistribution. You know, if your neighbor makes a few thousand dollars less than you or the guy up the block has a house a little bit bigger than you, People won't break out into class war if they don't feel like they're being bled, right? People who make a little more don't mind paying a little more. But when people who make a little more pay a lot more and they don't feel like they're getting their money's worth, they pick up and leave and go somewhere else. And since the suburbs are the most diverse they've ever been in the history of suburban America, you find people that are going, huh, huh, yeah. That's why I moved here. That's why I moved here. Now, they might not become hard-charging MAGA conservatives or libertarians. They're not flying the don't-tread-on-me flag. 
front of their house, but they want things to work. And what they know now is under Democrat rule, it's not working. Nothing is working. So the Democrats are trying to come back and say, well, you know, there's this great replacement theory thing where white people are. First of all, they're the ones making this a threat. They're making this a threat. They've made the assumption that the browner American gets, the more Marxist it gets. Marx was an old white guy. Having more or less white people around doesn't mean more or less Marxism. I mean, conservatism. Norway's full of white people. Welfare state. Scandinavia, pretty white. Pretty socialist. So you can have all the white people in the world and still have socialism. I've said it before, I'll say it again. I do not care if the majority of America is white. I care that the majority of America is American. And that means something. And that's where the replacement theory comes in. The Democrats don't want it to mean anything anymore. They see the open border. They've been telling us. If you make something out to be a threat, let me just come out and say, I, I, don't, I, I think there are a lot of people that have the thought, but they, they haven't been given the gift I have, I guess. When you tell white people or any group of people that if things change, you're going to find yourself on the out, who's going to go, well, that's great. I can't wait to be on the out. When they're telling you, well, white people have all this power. They have all this privilege. We do? Okay. And now we're coming to take it from you with demographics. Whoa, I don't like that. Right, if you found found out that you had something that you didn't know you had, and then somebody said, well, now I'm going to take it away from you. You didn't even know you had it, but now you don't want them taking it. (laughs) Right? Like, what's this? What's this? The other thing about this is if you're going to play that game, if you're going to play that game that this country will only be just in the absence of a white majority, then why is it no other nation without a white majority is an immigration destination? Why is that? Nobody's trying to get into China. Nobody's breaking into Jamaica. Maybe Haitians are. Nobody's trying to get into El Salvador. So before you make it out to be this terrible, awful thing, oh my God, all these white people are around, seems like everybody else wants to come to where the white people are around. But see, even saying that is racist. Even if you you are not allowed, you dare not challenge their narrative. Dare not. Do that and you're a racist. The fact that I'm even, there are people that are like, oh, I'm, I'm going to email Sirius XM. Well, go right ahead. I'll play the tape back for myself. I'll play my bosses, the tape right back for myself. They've got it. Everyone knows what I'm saying. What this plan is amongst the Democrats is to leave the border open, leave it unsecured, and then say, well, what do you want us to do? We can't send everybody back. We don't have the resources. I mean, we had the resources to hire 87,000 IRS agents and, you know, know if you're depositing $600 a month. Yesterday, did we play the clip? I don't think we had the clip. I might have to send it to Mike and we can go check my cut sheet. That uh, Kirsten Gillibrand, her response to this Buffalo shooting is, we need a new federal. We need a new federal data protection bureau. 
meaning the government is going to hold your data. And she said we need this to protect our privacy. Newsflash, Senator, if the government is holding your data without your consent, that's not privacy. That's actually the opposite of privacy. Complete opposite. But what they want now is they want people in the suburbs to hate each other. This is how critical race theory works. They want black residents of the suburbs, Hispanic residents of the suburbs, Asian residents of the suburbs to look at their white neighbors and hate them. That's what they want. They don't want you getting along because if you start getting along, you might not vote Democrat. But if you look at affirmatively furthering fair housing, you only get flack when you're over the target. I'm right about this. The word is geometry. The word is geometry. Now, the people that are screaming and yelling about replacement theory are the same people that scream and yell about gentrification. In other words, other people from outside a community moving in and changing the characteristics of the community. They don't like that. We see, we see this in San Francisco, Silicon Valley, anywhere Amazon opens a campus, right? All of a sudden, tech workers start moving in. They start driving up the rents, gentrification. They don't like it. They don't want these newcomers coming in here. They don't want these newcomers coming in here and changing things. I thought change was always good. Oh, no, 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 not when someone else does. You don't have to read the entire thing. You can just read the summary of affirmatively furthering fair housing, which started under Obama, which is the use of federal grants to change local zoning laws, to force communities to build up where we are built out. So in many parts of the country, outside of maybe the municipality, a downtown, if you will, a village, a parish, a lot of people are going to be on well water. They're going to have septic tanks, right? You can't just build houses. There's no sewer lines. There's not enough to support a massive construction of, let's say, an apartment complex. So the federal government comes in, says, well, we'll run the sewer lines. We'll expand the roads. We'll run the power lines. Well, it's going to create jobs. Jobs are good. Jobs are great. Then they say, okay, we're going to start building government housing, low-income government housing. Well, we don't have all those people here. Oh, don't worry. They'll be here soon. And before you know it, when the schools are getting overcrowded and there's no tax revenue coming in, when the crime rate's going up and you can't hire any more police officers, then the voting begins. And all of a sudden, your quaint little suburb or your little town looks exactly like a major metropolitan city run by Democrats. That has nothing to do with race. They're moving people from the border. They're in a holding pattern. The plan now is the Green New Deal is going to determine the type of the the type of construction and affirmatively furthering fair housing is going to be the housing plan. And that is not to allow suburbs and rural areas to have a say in how many housing units are constructed in their jurisdiction. 
And pretty soon you'll find if you flip enough communities, you'll flip enough congressional seats. You flip enough congressional seats, you'll flip the state. And that plan is centered in Texas, by the way. The group is called Battleground Texas. Look it up. Still no answer. Who won last night in Pennsylvania? Well, John Fetterman not only had a stroke and is going to be off the campaign trail for the time being, NBC News headline, Fetterman's past gun incident rattles black Democrats in Pennsylvania Senate race. The incident took center stage in the race last week when John Fetterman's two Democratic opponents excoriated him for his actions in 2013 and his refusal to apologize. John Fetterman said he heard what sounded like gunfire and saw a man running away. So he reached, reacted by getting his kid inside to safety before calling 911. What Fetterman did next, however, still haunts him nine years later as he campaigns for the Democratic nomination for the Senate in Pennsylvania. He chased the man down with a shotgun and detained him until police arrived. Turned out the man was just jogging and wearing running clothes. According to a police report, the man was unharmed and said the sound of gunfire was actually fireworks, although two witnesses thought they heard shots. Now, this is not like Ahmad Arbery, where he was wearing jeans and work boots at a construction site. So this Democrat apparently chased down an unarmed, actual black do- uh, jogger and held him at gunpoint. Let's see uh, how big of a hole they're going to need to bury that story in the general. But Kathy Barnett. Kathy Barnett looks like she came up short. And I will say that, I, as I said yesterday, it was probably not a good look. For her to say that she was not going to support the eventual winner should it not be her. And we're seeing a lot of social media saying uh, that made people rethink voting for her. Now, that's another reason why. And I really like Kathy Barnett. I've interviewed her. You guys know this. God knows how many times. This is why I don't endorse. I did not see that coming. That's why I don't endorse. If I had said Kathy Barnett is the only one. And you need to vote for her. And if for some reason she lost and then said, I'm not supporting Oz or McCormick, uh, that would be not good. And you would be mad at me. Now, I will say I'm not a campaign advisor. But if Kathy's campaign advisors are listening, and I believe they are, I would say this. I would get on the phone with the eventual winner and I would do a 180. And looking at the election maps, Kathy Barnett did extraordinarily well in the county and congressional district where she ran originally. I would do whatever it takes to make amends and then run for the House of Representatives again, hopefully with the endorsement of the uh, Republican nominee for governor, the Republican nominee for Senate, and perhaps even Donald Trump. But right now it is Still too close to call. Just a few hundred votes separate. uh, I'm sorry, a few thousand votes separate Oz and McCormick at 31.3% and 31.1%. And uh, 96% of the votes have been counted. So, you know, we'll wait and see. Maybe we'll get the final numbers while I'm still on the air. Last night I was texting Stacey Washington. I'm like, well, it's probably going to come down when you're on the air. And it didn't. Weintick 695, Patriot 957-2874. We are right, they are wrong. That's the end of the story. The arguments on this radio program cannot be broken. Serious XM Patriot. 
you can join me live on the Will Count Majority Monday to Friday, noon to 3 East, 9 to noon West on Sirius XM Patriot Channel 125.